Um, if you're a guest here, my name is Jacob. I'm one of the pastoral I'm anchors here. I'm leading, uh, doing a church plant in Manchester. I live up in Manchester, and um, it's a joy to be with you guys, and happy Father's Day. Um, I hope it's a happy Father's Day for you. We, uh, Michelle uh, surprised me last night, and we did uh, bacon and eggs uh, for breakfast last night, because I was preaching this morning. And so, um, and then, you know, to, to warm a father's heart, my son said, I love bacon. So, you know, I... <laughs> It's a good Father's Day. Um, we, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, the Gospel of John this morning, and I'll get into how we're going to look through it. But um, before we get going, let me ask for God's uh, blessing on our time, um, and then we'll, we'll dig into John. Father in heaven, uh, we're so grateful that you give us your word, and that you give us your spirit, and that we... Enjoy your presence with us this morning, God. We've enjoyed your presence in singing. God, we ask that you would uh, bless us now as we hear your word. In Christ's name, amen. So it was a normal night uh, in my parents' house where I grew up. Uh, it was my dad, my mom, uh, my brother and I, so just the four of us. And um, it was a normal night where we were sitting down. It would, do it normally as a family around dinner, and uh, we were probably doing spaghetti and uh, spaghetti and uh, garlic bread, and, and had music going on in the background. And my our dog, we had a little rat terrier dog. So this is a normal night, you know, just kind of a normal family night. And I didn't intend for it to be a question that became like a life-defining question, but you know, like those life-defining questions, they don't exactly like, you know ask for an invite. They just kind of happen. That moment of clarity where the universe opens up and you just ask a question that becomes this question that defines who you are and how you think about your family, how you think about your existence in life. So we're sitting there at the dinner table, I'm going to pause and sit up, and I turn to my dad. I said, Dad, does Kenny G have a son? And my dad, without breaking a, be- without breaking a beat, says, and says, yeah, G minor. <laughs> so, it was this moment where we died laughing. Maybe uh, not as groaning as you, but we died laughing. And it was, it was this moment that, that kind of encapsulated who my father w- was and is. He's an incredibly generous guy, incredibly funny and witty, um, and incredibly just good with the punchline on things. Just a generous guy. And my parents are generous people. They just they love having people over sitting around the table, sitting out back. They're just great hosts. They love to have people around. And with a, a dad who has humor about G minor, I mean, you know, it's just a rocking time with my dad. But it's, uh, it's the sort of thing where it's just kind of like, I became this defining moment about who my dad is and how I think about my dad. And I don't know what your experience of your dad is or what your experience of your home is um, and what you associate with your dad and how those things that you associate with your dad, when we talk about God the Father... How does that, what, what does that association do for you? I don't know what that is, but um, if we were to ask Jesus, Jesus, tell us about your dad. Jesus, introduce us to the Father. What do you think Jesus would say? How do you think Jesus would introduce us to the Father? What do you think Jesus would want us to know about God the Father? Do you think that when you think of that question, does frowning, kind of morose, depleted thoughts about, well, God the Father guy, he's kind of mean, but Jesus is great. Is that where you go? Or do you think about generosity? Does generosity come to your mind when you think about God the Father? 
when you think about who God the Father is, do you think about the Father, Jesus' Father, our Father through Jesus? Do you think about him being generous? We're going to look at God, uh, God the Father through the Gospel of John. We're going to kind of take this trajectory through the whole Gospel and kind of picking up a few points as we go. But there's a lot to be said about God the Father through the Gospel of John. There's over a hundred references to God the Father explicitly by name in the whole Gospel of John. Not to mention, you know, he and terms about God that mean God the Father. Um, and there's about 900 verses in the Gospel of John. So that means... Uh, about one of every eight or nine verses about the Father. Which is, I mean, you think about the Gospel accounts, you think, oh, they're about Jesus. Well, the Gospel of John, Jesus is continually pointing us and introducing us to the Father. And throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus is always telling us over almost a hundred times what God the Father is doing, what God the Father is sending, how he's helping, how he's giving. There's all these references to the activity of God the Father. And I don't know, uh, if you've thought about this, but if you read the Gospel of John, you can get like a real solid, broad picture of who God the Father is. And so what we're going to do uh, is we're going to look through the Gospel of John, uh, having Jesus introduce us to the Father, and just like if I were to introduce you to my dad, and I would tell you, you know, a hundred great things about my father, um, Jesus has, got, has a lot to tell us about who God the Father is, and there's obviously 109 verses or so, we're not going to do 109 points. That would be a crazy sermon. We're just going to do seven. <laughs> so it's more than usual, but you can understand. Like, we're doing this because of who this vast picture of who God the Father is. And we're going to look at it in seven parts um, as Jesus introduces us through the Gospel of John. And let me just make a note here to dads. I recognize that today is Father's Day. The subject of the sermon was picked intentionally. But the intention of the sermon is not for you to hear who God the Father is and dwell on how you measure up or fail, per se. The picture that we're going to see of, John, of the Father in the Gospel of John is to draw you into the, the Father's heart, to, for you to see who God the Father is. Yeah, you can think about the ways that that informs who you are as a father, but, but don't go there. Stay with me. Let's look at who God the Father is, and let's see who he is first. So, um, as we're looking at God the Father as the most generous person in the universe, this generosity of God the Father, one of the things that Jesus first draws our attention to is God the Father, the Father gives life. So the first thing that we're going to see is that the Father gives life. I don't know how you feel about uh, understanding life, if life is confusing to you, uh, there's just a lot of voices telling us what we should be expecting about life. But uh, God the Father uh, comes in and speaks to us about the nature of what life is about. You know, we, we hear a lot about uh, you should do this diet, or you should do this exercise plan, or you should do this, read these books to get to know God. God speaks to us through the Bible, in the ministry of Jesus especially, to introduce us to who he is. And the first thing that we see about God the Father is that he gives life. So that put together a few verses here just to kind of draw our attention to this. John 5, 21, the Father raises the dead and gives them life. I want to know a guy who gives dead people life. The Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. This is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And then maybe one of the most 
famous verses, at least in the West, for all time. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Why? That whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. So you see there's this picture of God the Father is giving life. One of the most important aspects of who God is and His generosity is that He gives life. He doesn't need anybody to give Him life. But everyone, everyone of us in here has had parents who gave us life, and God wants to give us life. We're not born with a desire to know God. We know that He exists, but we have a desire in our hearts to not want to be a part of God's life. We don't want to know God by nature. We're, we're born giving God a stiff arm and a clenched fist. We just don't want to know Him. We don't want God in our lives. But, you see, the picture that God gives us in John is that even though we don't want God in our lives, God is sending His Son to give us life, the very life that we don't even want by nature. God is sending Jesus into the world because He wants to give life. He wants to give life exuberantly, give life completely, give life to us completely in every way possible. God is generous. He's not, he's not waiting for us to ask for it. God's not waiting for us to ask for life. The very thing that we even need to kind of be aware of God in the world. God sends life into the world. God sends Jesus into the world to give us eternal life so that we could have it before we even ask for it. And it's not like God is kind of giving it sort of. He's not kind of like half-heartedly giving it. When God the Father sends Jesus to give life, he, wants, he gives life completely. That's what he means, eternal life. Life that is everlasting. Life that is complete. Life that satisfies everything that we need. I don't know if you watch The Office, but there's this joke with Michael Scott where he says he's not superstitious, he's just kind of stitious. God doesn't kind of give life. He gives life completely. Like the, like the Niagara Falls that's pouring out constantly, ever-flowing, huge amounts of life and water. God is doing that for us. God stands over us. God the Father, He stands here this morning and He says, life. He gives life, life. Dead men and women who do not want God, who do not know God, who don't even have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. God gives them life by His voice. His generosity towards us is to give us the very thing we don't even know to ask for, but we so desperately need. We live in a world dead to God. But God will not let the world define how He is going to be. God's generosity towards us starts by Him giving us life out of the generosity, the love, and the overflow of His heart for us. So while God is giving us life, the second thing that Jesus wants us to know about God is that He gives us food. Not only does God give us life, but He gives us room and board. John 6, 32-35, Jesus then said to them, Truly I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. Notice what Jesus says here. But my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the true bread from true uh, the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. We, I'm just so grateful that Sean used that for our communion message this morning, because Jesus is the bread of heaven. But Jesus comes because the Father sent him to satisfy us. We're saved by looking to Jesus. Everything we need in life, we become alive. God gives us the, 
The Father gives us life by looking to Jesus. And then Jesus becomes our food. We need him daily. You know, when I think about the, the category, if you were to ask Jacob, what do you think about the term father and food? I would tell you Isaac. Because my son is a year and a half old, and I don't know if you've ever had boys, and I don't usually use my family as illustrations, but my son is putting to test my desire to give him food. Um, Isaac, I don't know if you've seen him, he's this little like blonde-haired, blue-eyed little wildfire that's running around. Um, for breakfast, this is what breakfast looks like in our house for Isaac. Uh, a banana or two, two eggs, a bowl of cereal or two, a yogurt, maybe a bowl of cereal two again, and then because the, one of the infinite rules of the universe is that God, uh, dad's food is better, he'll eat my breakfast. And then he'll have a cup of milk or two. It's this, this crazy reality. Isaac, I mean, he's a year and a half old, and he's eating like as much food as a man, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, man, he's a year and a half old, and I'm kind of doing the math. I'm like, we haven't even hit the teen years yet. What am I going to do? <laughs> you know, like, I can only, I can't produce, I'm not Jesus, I can't just like keep pulling out sandwiches for him, you know? But, <laughs> so, like, but that's not the way God the Father is when it comes to our, our food and our thriving and our spiritual life. God's never anxious about satisfying us. Jesus is an infinite source of food. He constantly satisfies us. God the Father, he's not kind of like mincing his hands over whatever. How am I going to take care of all these needy people with all these needs? How am I going to provide the food that they need for their spiritual life? God the Father's never like that. He never has that anxiety that I have about my son. He's constantly eager to satisfy our needs in Jesus. I, I don't know how you feel about God the Father. I don't know, maybe I wonder, and this is my own, maybe my own heart and my own temptation, but I feel like my weaknesses, I'm such a needy man, I feel like my weaknesses and my needs have got to annoy the Father. Like, there's got to be a point where he's just kind of like, give me a break, I gave you grace for that like a thousand times already, and it's only been a week, you know? Like, that's not the way God the Father thinks about us. Jesus is an infinite source. Jesus is an infinite source of food and life to satisfy our needs. God the Father gives us Jesus to be the bread from heaven, because he wants to satisfy all of our needs. He wants us to be satisfied with God the Father. He wants us not only to be satisfied, but to thrive. He wants us to thrive in our spiritual life with God. He wants us to know God and to feel God and to enjoy God daily and not to kind of worry about whether God's going to be able to provide for us or not. God created everything. He created your sense for hunger. He created your sense of need and your weaknesses. And God the Father is eager to satisfy you with all those areas of need. And he's not going to run out. He's not going to run out of food to give you. He wants to give us food on a daily basis to grow us in Christ. So not only does God give us, God the Father give us life, generously gives us life, but in Jesus he also gives us food. He's continually sustaining us. And then this leads us to the third thing that Jesus wants us to see. So we're going to skip to John 10. The Father pr- gives protection. John 10, 27 to 30. So this is where Jesus is bringing out this picture of his disciples being the sheep, and Jesus is the shepherd, and Jesus protects them. And then this is what Jesus says. Listen, again, I want you to hear... We tend to think about what Je- who Jesus is, and that is absolutely right. But just hear how Jesus is pointing us to the Father in this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, 
and they follow me, and I will give them eternal life. Remember, who is it that gives them eternal life? The Father sends Jesus to give them the eternal life that God the Father wants them to have. I will give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. You see, there's this progression through the Gospel of John how Jesus is introducing us to the Father. God the Father gives us life so that we know God and see God and want God. And then as we know and see God, He gives us the food that we need to depend on God and to thrive in God and grow in God and to live lives that glorify God. And then as we're thinking about that, God, how can I know that I'm going to make it? There's all these enemies that are coming after me. What am I going to do? He protects us. God the Father protects us. We're in His hand. Nothing happens to us apart from Him. He's not an absentee father that we kind of have to call on the phone, you know, like, hey, Dad, I ran out of money again. Can you send me me some money? He's not an absentee dad who just kind of checks out. He doesn't outsource his protection of us. The father is personally invested in protecting us himself. All of our fears, all the things that you're afraid of, I don't know what you brought in wearing this morning in terms of your fears or anxieties or what you're worried about, but God the Father knows all those things. And if he says that he can give you life because you're a dead soul and he gives you life because he wants you to be alive and know him, if God can give you life, and then if he can give you food that you did not ask for, that's going to satisfy you completely, you think he can protect you? God the Father loves to protect us. I don't know if you've seen the Avengers, but you think of Hulk, you know, he's like, oh, like God the Father comes down and he is, oh, protecting us. He is around us. He is personally invested in protecting us. You'll never watch the Avengers again, same. And that's fine with me. But there is nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing, do you hear this? There is nothing that can take you out of the Father's hand. The Father holds you in His hand because He loves you. He desires for you to be satisfied with Him. He desires for you to know His safety, His protection, I don't, you know, I don't know what your experience with your dad was like. I don't know if he touched you in ways that he shouldn't have. I don't know if he was absent in ways that he should have been there. I don't know if he was a great dad. I, I had a great father. I don't know what your experience with your father was like. And when you think about God the Father protecting you, you think, well, my dad did such a great job. God the Father is not like your father. He never goes to sleep. He's never hungry. He's never unrighteously angry. He comes and protects you because he loves you. It's his grace to come down and to hold you in his hand, to keep you in his arms, to protect you and give you life. That's what Jesus is pointing to when he says that we're in the Father's hand. Nothing nothing can take you out of the Father's hand, which is a tender hand that cares for you and holds you. God the Father loves us and he protects us which means that even in the midst of, I don't know if you're struggling with doubt or anxiety about, God, what am I going to do? This life is hard. Remember, we were saying, he gives us life, he gives us food, but he also protects us. The stress and the anxiety, the doubts that you experience, God the Father knows about those things. God the Father won't let those things define you. His protection of you, you being in his hand, means that his sovereign hand, his gracious hand, his love for you 
through Jesus is a defining mark of your life. The fears that you have, the stress that you have, all the things that are unknown about your life, those things do not define you. The Father's hand that holds you, that defines your life. And you can trust Him. You can trust Him through the darkest days that are coming or the darkest days that you're experiencing, whatever you're going through right now. Jesus trusted the Father's hand so much that He said, John 18, 11, the Father has given me this cup and will I not receive it? This is the, the, the cup that He's referring to is the cross. Jesus knows that the cross was given to Him by the Father. It was His Father's will to walk to the cross and to die for our, our sins. And yet, Jesus trusted the Father. So whatever the darkest days you're going through, those things do not define you. The Father's hand, which is full of grace and love and will protect you and uphold you, that defines, that defines the protection of your life. That defines how you're upheld and preserved in the Father's life. And so not only does God the Father give us life, so I want to keep this on the... Remember, God gives us life. He gives us food. He gives us protection. And the fourth thing that Jesus would want to introduce us to is that the Father gives us a house, a home. The Father gives us a home. John 14, 1 through 12. Let your hearts, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. And if we're not so, I would not have told you that I go, go to prepare a place for you. So you see that this is, there's actually kind of like a natural progression through the Gospel of John and how he's introducing us to the Father. God gives us life. Everybody's born. God gives us food. Everybody needs food. God protects us because everybody's got to wear clothes and have protection and all that. And then God gives us a house. God invites us into his house. And it's not like his house is not like Christmas at your house when family comes to visit, you know, where you're trying to find, like, space for everybody to fit. You know, like, uh, where's this, you know, where's Uncle Ricky going to sleep? Because we've got, not only do we have all the rooms filled up, but all the couches are filled up, but we want everybody here for Christmas, and there's just no space. God's house is not squeezed for space. God's house has many rooms. God's generosity, the giver of all things, the Father, has many rooms. And Jesus goes to prepare a place for us. He goes to get it ready for us, like the guest room, but not a guest room. He goes to get it ready because it's going to be your room in the Father's house, a place where you can live and dwell with God the Father forever and ever, forever with God himself, living with God and his house. I mean, I don't know whatever your hobbies are or what you like, but God makes the best food. God makes the best drinks. God makes the best books. God makes the best mountains. God makes the best oceans. He makes the best hikes. God makes the best planets. I mean, if I can just you know, expand that beyond, and God makes the best moons, and God makes the best vacations, and God makes the best books. It, God makes the best, and you're going to be in his house forever with him. It, it, you know, you go to people's houses, and you're always kind of like, oh, I wonder what they got. You know, like, just be honest, you know, like you go to somebody's house, you're like, oh, what, what's up with their house? What do they got? God, God the Father, Psalm 1611, at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Anything that's ever delighted you, that's good and true and beautiful and clean and pure, God the Father, he created that for you to enjoy. And it's in his house. And he's making a place for you to go live in his house to enjoy those things forever. His generosity is beyond anything that we could imagine. And I just want to draw his attention to you. This is God the Father. 
that Jesus is telling us about. God the Father's generosity. He wants us to be satisfied with these good things. That He is the most generous person in the universe. So the life that we need, it's fully given. The food that we need, He's got the bill. The protection that we need, He doesn't outsource, He's on the spot. The house that we need to live in, God the Father, He makes a room for us to come and live with Him. That God the Father, His generosity is expansive and deeper and wider than you could imagine. And now we're going to make a transition with Jesus and the Gospel of John as he's introducing us to the generosity of God the Father. So we've talked about the life that God gives us, the food that the Father gives us, the protection that the Father gives us, and the house that the Father gives us. We're going to make a transition here to God himself. Because Jesus takes us to seeing that God doesn't give us gifts, but reserve God. And I think that why Jesus does this is because, remember how we were talking before, how life is just confusing? How do we know? How do we know that God's going to give us these things? Like sometimes it doesn't feel like God gives us these good gifts. How do we know that God's really going to follow through, the Father's going to give us these things? Jesus, I think, has this in mind, and he tells us, so we're going to, the fifth thing that Jesus tells us is that the Father gives us the Spirit. So listen to what Jesus says with that in mind. John 14, 16 through 17. And I will ask the Father, and the, He, the Father, will give you another Helper who will be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. You see, the Father is giving the Spirit, and it's not just kind of like the Spirit as a third person of the Trinity. The Spirit of truth. The Spirit who takes all the things that belong to God, all the true things about God, the true things about the world, the true things about reality, the Spirit of truth, God the Father sends to you so that you can know them, so that you can experience them, so that you can have the Spirit of truth, so that you know that they are confirmed as an expression and a gift from the God the Father, the heart of the Father to you. God doesn't want us to live in confusion about what God's going to do and how He's going to help us and what He's going to do for our lives. God the Father gives us the Spirit of truth, the third person of the Trinity, to come down and live in our hearts and lives, to change us so that we can feel God, so that we can know God. You see, that's, I'll ask why He will give this another helper who will be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. The Father intends to be a felt Father. To be near to us. So that we know His nearness to us. So that we know God and that we aren't just kind of wondering, well, I know God's given us these good promises, but how do I know that we're going to know them or experience them? The Father gives us a Spirit so that He is a felt God. So that we're our minds and hearts, we experience the full glory of who God is. So I want to be careful with our time, but the Father, Jesus then takes us to not only does God the Father give us the Spirit of truth so that we can know God, but He gives us the Son. The Father gives us the Son. So John 3.16, again, one of the most famous verses probably like ever. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. And then Jesus matches it with John 17.3. 
And this is eternal life, that they know the only true God, the Father, that's who he's talking about. That they know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. For we've been talking through Ephesians, we've been preaching through Ephesians, and so we know from Ephesians that in eternity past, God the Father delighted in the Son for all eternity. The Son was the Father's infinite joy and delight for all eternity. God the Father looked at His Son and saw infinite purity, infinite glory, infinite joy. He loved the Son. The Son is the Father's most prized possession. His most prized person. The person that He loves the most. God the Father delights infinitely in the Son. And then when He sees our need, He sees a broken world. His love for the world and for our salvation God the Father says, okay, I'm going to send my treasured Son to die on their cross. Not because they're more important than the Son, but because I want everybody to see how great the Son is. I want everybody to see how glorious the Son is. How beautiful the Son is. How perfect in obedience to the Father the Son is. How satisfying He is for all of our needs. God the Father sends the Son. It's not like Jesus has come in here to live the life that we should have lived and die the death that we should have died because he's trying to convince the Father to love us. I don't know if you get this impression sometimes, but there can be this sense of like Jesus kind of came to kind of satisfy God and make him not angry with us anymore because God the Father was really like wailing back to punch us. Like that, Jesus came because God the Father sent him. Yeah, Jesus came because God the Father because God, in all of His infinite holiness and purity, is, has wrath and judgment for sin. John, John 3.35 The Father loves His Son and has given all things into His hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. And the wrath of God remains on Him. So it is true that God the Father has wrath for sin. But it is also true that God the Father loves sinners and desires for sinners to be saved, desires for you and I to know the living God. And so He sent His Son, His perfect Son, His prized possession to die in our place so that we could know God, to take the wrath that we deserve so that we could experience and enjoy God. God the Father sent the Son. This was God the Father's idea to send the Son. It wasn't like Jesus was kind of like sneaking out the window of heaven to kind of go make this arrangement. God the Father sent the Son to save us. So the generosity of the Father doesn't just limit to the gifts of life and food and protection and a house. He sends His Spirit. He sends the third person of the Trinity to give us the Spirit of truth so we would know the true things about God. And then He sends His Son so that we could receive all the true things about God because the Son died in our place and we could be satisfied with the glory of who God is in Jesus But this isn't all. The last thing that the generosity of God the Father gives to us is Himself. The seventh thing that Jesus would want us to see, the Father gives Himself. John 14, 23. Jesus answered him, to one of His disciples, If anyone loves Me, he will keep My word, and the Father will love him. And he will come to him, and and we will make our home with him. And then, Maybe one of the more profound verses, John 16, 27. The Father Himself 
loves you. You see, we've been moving here. The Father gives us life. The Father gives us food. The Father gives us protection. The Father gives us a home. And then, just to make sure that we get it, God the Father gives us the Spirit so that we know that's true. God gives us the Son so that we get it by pure grace, not for anything that we deserve. And then, God the Father, as it were, kind of shows us the whole shebang. He gives us Himself. God the Father Himself loves you. God the Father, who is a source of all life and joy, God the Father, who is the source of that infinite waterfall of pure life and joy and happiness and creativity and all the good things in life, God the Father who created everything, who loves us infinitely, He Himself comes down into our lives. He's not a distant CEO. He comes in and lives in our life with us. He comes and makes our heart His home so that we can go and live in His home with Him. God the Father comes And He is Himself invested and involved in our lives. He Himself is not generous enough just to kind of give enough. He gives over and abundant. He gives Himself so that we can be satisfied with God Himself, the Father, so that we are in His family and defined by Him and living with Him and enjoying Him forever and ever and ever and ever. God the Father loves to satisfy us with Himself so that we're not satisfied with something else. We would have God Himself That's what God does. He's so generous that He gives us all these good gifts and then He gives us Himself. He is Himself invested. I just want want to make sure that you hear this this morning. God the Father. We celebrate Father's Day. God the Father, who is Himself the definition of Father's Day, is generous. Generous. Generous with everything that we need. Generous with all of our wants and needs and weaknesses. He gives it all. He gives us all that we need, the grace that we need. But He doesn't just give us grace. He gives us Himself, which is the best grace. God lived with us. People who did not want God to be their Father. People who did not want God to be near them. People who would rather have lived in their own dead lives apart from God. God the Father comes into our lives. He's so proactive and generous. Father, the giver, he comes in and gives us a life. He gives us food. He gives us protection. He gives us a home. And then God steps it up, turns it to volume 11, so to speak. And he gives us the spirit. He gives it his son. And he gives us himself. I just, the Father's heart for us It is generous and overflowing. So when we sing generous king, he is a generous king. He is generous. He loves to give. And we can can trust this God. We can lean on him and know him and enjoy his grace because he's not looking to us to be generous, to make him generous. He's looking to us because he is generous. Let's pray. Father in heaven, what a joy it is to call you our Father, to enjoy you, because you're generous, God. Oh, Father, would you satisfy our hearts with you completely? Father, would you bring us into your family 
afresh. Experience your spirit afresh. God, thank you for being with us. In Jesus Christ, And we ask you to continue to be with us as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.